just thank y'all for putting this together, and thank you for the church and Brother Bill for letting me preach. But this morning we are not dismissing for uh, Kids Corner, but if the kids would like to come up here and sit with BYG, they can. Just whatever you want to do. If you want to come forward and sit with them, you can, Or, but we ain't going back. But like Wendy said, uh, that it was one of my favorite songs, and Casting Crowns is one of my favorite bands. And I got one of their new CDs one day, and I was listening to it, and it was great, and I heard that song. I listened to it a few times, and what it was talking about, and I've heard that song so many times, I've always loved that song, but I truly listened to the words one day, and I was like, the song is talking about a man who lost his family because he tried to give them better things, but he never spent no time with them, and I was like, wow, that, that's crazy. And I wanted to uh, do something special for Father's Day because there's so many fathers nowadays that just go about life so wrong. And so I came to Brother Bill one day, and I was like, man, Brother Bill, I want to do something special for the church. I want, I want something to be done. And I was like, so I ain't saying I want to take your pulpit. I'm just saying I think that we should sing some special songs, and we should do something. And Brother Bill said, we'll do it as long as you preach. And so I'm going to give you the message this morning that I believe is God has gave me. I'll be reading this morning out of Ephesians chapter 6. And this is a very uh, popular set of verses, and I'm sure you've all heard this, especially once you hear it read. But... If you listen or read along with me, it says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your mother and father, things will go well for you and you will live long on earth. Now, I've heard these verses my whole life, and I've heard that. I've always heard, especially people at church and my Sunday school teacher says, Obey your mother and father because they're your mother and father. That's what the commandment is. But you don't hear verse 4 a whole lot whenever them verses said. But verse 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And when I read that, I was like, wow. I was like, we are told to obey our parents all the time, but you don't hear it say, but fathers, treat your kids like the Lord has commanded. And, and I just love that. But starting this morning, you might be sitting here thinking, this is a 17-year-old kid sitting in front of me trying to tell me how to be a father. He's never had kids before. Why does he know what a father is? Well, I can tell you two things. I know what the Bible says about being a father, Amen. and I know what it's like to be a kid. Amen. I might not be a father, but I know what makes me happy as a kid, what makes me love a father, what aspects as a father would make me want him to be my father. And before we talk about this morning of what kind of father we would want to be, I want to talk about what we, why we might want to change. I want to talk about the different kind of fathers, why we would need to change. So this morning, I had the first kind of father I want to talk about. And this father is not truly a father. This father, in my mind, is not a father at all. It's a father who has a kid but does not take care of his kid. And you would say, well, that, that is sad. I hear people say, well, that's a deadbeat father. Well, he is a deadbeat father, but I don't think we really realize sometimes how serious this is. You say, well, yeah, that is some kids, they don't have a father. But I was looking up statistics one day on the internet of just how many kids in this, in this country do not have a father. And the number I found is 24 million kids in America live in a biological father absent home. So 24 million, let me put that at another number. 
one out of three children. So every three children you see, one of them does not have a father at home. This is a sad number. But like I said, uh, what I want to say is I have been affected by a lot of different kind of fathers in my life. And when I was a younger kid, I became one of these 24 million kids. When I was seven years old, my father and mother split up. My father left. I might would have talked to him once or twice a year. Now, that, that, that was that wasn't that bad not seeing him, but him leaving made my mother have to be the father and the mother. My mom had to try and teach me and my brother, and she had to bring in the income for me and my brother. I watched my mom come in five, six days a week, 12-hour days just to give us food. I mean, she worked hard. She came in at the age of eight years old. Me and my, my brother was been 11. We had to learn how to cook our own food and do our own laundry because when my mom came in from work, she was too tired to do anything because she was trying to work enough to keep us in food. And so not having that father at home made more of a difference than what some might think. And even more than not the physical things, me and my brother also had to worry, why did our father leave us? Why does my father not want to be in my life? For a kid to not have a father at home, he's sitting there thinking, and he's like, is it my fault? Or why would my father not want to be there? It's just, just a sad situation. But there's also a second father I want to talk about this morning. And in the world's eyes, if you're not a Christian, you say, well, this is a good father. I want to talk about a father who isn't home, a father who does bring in the money, a father who does take care of his kids physically. And that's the father I want to talk about in this song, the song this song talks about. He built, built a great life for his kids. He gave his kids everything they needed and wanted. This father gives them everything they need. But in the end, he don't teach them how they need to be. He don't love them like he needs to. And so therefore, whenever it comes to the end, he don't really have a family. He don't really have his kids because he's gave them what they needed to survive, but he did not love them. And it's, this is also sad to see because you'd say, well, the kid's not as bad because he has everything he needs. But if you don't love your kids, the kid is just as bad off as not having a father at all. Right. And one verse I want to read this morning also besides Ephesians is... Mark chapter 8, 36. And the song kind of mentioned this. Mark chapter 8, verse 36 says, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but yet lose your own soul? Mm. Now, let's change one word of that verse. What does it benefit you if you gain the whole world, but yet lose your family? Think about that. If, if you build up a great life, in the end, what does it matter? Because your family is all that matters in the end. I mean, your family and God, that's, that's all you've got in the end. The material things, you can't take it with you. So what does it gain a man if he gains the whole world but yet loses his soul? But the third father I want to talk about this morning would be the ideal father that the Bible would talk about. And this father, he not only is there, he supplies his family with the material things, but he also teaches his kids and loves his kids. He spends time with his kids. And when I was thinking of something to say about this kind of father as I was preparing, I was like, what is something that a good father would have? What, what's the good aspects of a father? And I came up with three things that I believe make a good father. 
And the first one is he loves his kids. That's the main thing is love. The second one is discipline. He disciplines his kids. And the third one is attention. But the reason I said love first is because the last two don't mean nothing if it's not done without love. So when you discipline your kid, there's a right and there's a wrong way to discipline your kid. I mean, you know, you think of discipline, you might say, well, that kid just needs a good old whooping. Some kids might need a good old whooping. But if that kid don't know what you're whooping him for, does it do anything for him? And so when you're disciplining your kid, do they really know why you're disciplined or do you just discipline? And then attention. There's a right and a wrong way to give attention. You can do the right and wrong things with your kids, but if you love your kids and you show them attention and you're there for them, it creates a whole, whole big picture. It just creates a great life for them. But let's say you're sitting here this morning and you say, well, I'm a good father. What do you say? Say, I'm there. Say, you're the father that takes care of your kids. And you say, well, I'm also training them for right and for wrong. Well, that's great. I am glad for you. But what about the 24 million kids in America who don't have that at home, who don't have a father who loves them? That is our job as men of the church. Amen. And I once heard one time somebody told me, they said, a kid's going to find attention one way or another. And a lot of school teachers would know this. A lot of kids who get in trouble at school are not bad kids. They're actually really good kids if you get to know them. A lot of kids in school or anywhere act up to get attention because if they can't get the attention they need at home, they're going to find the attention somewhere. So a lot of times I've also noticed that when people come to church, they come to church for a reason because they're missing something. So if a kid comes to church, he might would come because he said, well, these people actually love me. These people, they, they tell me they love me, that they're nice to me. I don't get that at home. But it goes farther than just at church. Because when these kids don't have it at home, one or two days a week of attention and love don't do enough for these kids. So these kids need men of the church to love them. And also I told you a while in the, earlier in the message that I was affected by being a kid of the church, I mean, being, being a kid who his dad left him. But I also was affected by the men of the church who cared about their kids in the church. Because when I was 12, my mother died. And so there I was left with no father at home, and then no longer had a mother. But there was two people that I went to church with. I love these people because they took me in. And they were a father and mother to me. They were the people of the church. Just because I wasn't their kid don't mean they don't take care of me. They took me and my brother in, and I lived with them, and they, they were great people. They showed me right from wrong. They were the great mother and father. So a kid comes to church, and you might not realize that that's what that kid needs unless you actually ask. A lot of times we go to church, and you're here on Sunday, and you smile, and you look at people, and everybody's happy to see each other, but do you really know the people that are around you unless you truly ask? But that, that's just what I wanted to say this morning. I want to make a challenge to the men of the church to be better fathers. And it goes farther than just being a better father because there, 
I know for a fact there is kids in this church who do not have a father at home and who need somebody. And so that is our job as men of the church, to give them the father that they need. Let me pray. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for what you have shown us, dear Lord, for the life that you give us all. I just pray that somebody has heard this morning, that somebody might would change a little kid's life because they can. Amen.